In a previous century, when I was in high school, I was getting recurring uh, pain in my neck and kind of it was causing headaches and it was causing me some trouble uh, at the time. So went to the doctor and you know they looked, checked me out, whatever, and then they said, okay, go to physical therapy and whatever, there was like strengthening exercises, different things that they had me do. So I went to physical therapy, stretches and whatever. And I went and didn't really help. Uh, and then some while later, I went back to the doctor and then they checked me out again and they said, okay, go to physical therapy. And then I went to physical therapy and then it didn't help again. After a, that happened a bunch of times, I don't even remember how many, at least three, but probably more than that. Um, I was in college, which was in this century. I was in the seminary. And I went again to the doctor, and finally they sent me to an MRI, and they figured out what was the issue. I'm not going to die, don't worry. And we figured it out, and, and I learned how to like, prevent the headaches and the neck pain and all that. Okay. If you don't have the right diagnosis, if you don't really figure out what's going on, and if you don't apply the right treatment, all the good intentions in the world are not going to fix the problem. I remember actually feeling sad. I remember, it was funny, I felt bad for the physical therapists because they were trying so hard. They really did want to help me and it just wasn't helping. And I would be kind of like pretend like, oh yeah, it feels a lot better, thanks. Because I was feeling bad for them because, because it wasn't their fault that MRIs are apparently really expensive and doctors avoid sending you to them for a long time. And they were doing their best. But their best, it, it just wasn't the right treatment. In the gospel today, we have this Young man, the word epileptic is kind of used loosely here. It doesn't, it's not like everybody with you know, has a demon or something like that. It's not at all what's happening here. But that was what was happening. He was kind of convulsing and he was falling, and it's kind of specific, into fire and into water in a repeated way. And so what's the pattern that we're picking up here? He's doing insane self-destructive behavior repeatedly. And that type of problem, that type of malady, has a very kind of particular cure. Now, I want to kind of bring this closer to us, because there's not you know, a lot of us that kind of convulse and fall into fire and fall into water, but there is something a little bit more, sort of a more common pattern here. Crazy self-destructive behavior that's repetitive. If the first uh, one night stand left you sad and unhappy and miserable and empty, what makes you think the tenth one is going to be any different? If the first million that you earned wasn't enough and you're trying to shoot for the second. What makes you think the second million is going to make you happy when the first one didn't? Or the tenth or whatever. Plug in a number. If your first, I don't know, viral tweet was fun for a second and then left you just as empty as before. I don't know. This is insane self-destructive behavior that all of us do. Because we know that thing is not going to make us happy. We know it, and we know it very well. 
And we would tell others, yeah, it's whatever. And we would know that and say it with our mouth and still try again. Still be pulled, fall into fire and water. Because it is self-destructive. We destroy ourselves, our hearts, our families. We at least waste our time. And you know why that's self-destructive? Because our time is limited on this earth. We're going to die one day and it's going to be over. And how many hours did we lose wasting on dumb stuff that ended up just hurting us? Crazy self-destructive behavior over and over and over again. The solution to that, look what, you see Jesus gets mad in the gospel. I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus gets mad because this isn't a thing to be healed. This is not a regular sickness. This thing that's in all of us is not going to get fixed with exercise or practice. It's not a problem that we just have to try harder. Therapy, physical therapy is not going to fix that thing. It's going to fix other things. There's a lot of things in our lives that practice and effort and learning new habits. There's a lot of things that that will fix. Not this thing. Not this thing really deep in our souls, at the, at the sort of center of our hearts. That we know something is not going to help us, it's not going to be good for us, and we still do it anyway. The only solution is that is, to that is to go to Jesus. Only He can fix that. All the practice, all the therapy, all the exercise in the world is not going to fix it. Bring Him here to me. And we're faithless because for some really weird reason, we would rather do anything than go to Christ. Maybe it's pride, I don't know. I can do this myself, I can fix this myself. Maybe. Maybe that's one of the reasons why we do it. Maybe it's vulnerability because if we go to Christ, we know He's going to see into the very depths, down to our bones. And that's kind of vulnerability that maybe is uncomfortable for us. Whatever the reason, He is the healer. He's the one, the, the only one to heal that. And when the boys brought to him, Jesus rebukes him and the demon came out of him. This thing that I'm talking about, this crazy self-destructive behavior that's embedded into all of us, this is not a sickness to be cured. It is a demon to be cast out. Don't treat it like some just bad habit. It's much deeper than that. And if it's a demon to be cast out, Christ is the one who's going to heal us. Now, at the end of the gospel, he gives us a little bit of a hint. And I think he kind of explains it a little better. If you have faith as a mustard seed, now what does it mean to have faith? Please do not get, be under the impression that having faith is, there's, a, there's a, like a sentence, you know, and it says something like, I believe that God uh, created the world and that Jesus is my savior, and then, well, and then you check off, if you believe this, check yes, and you check yes. That's not faith. And it's not simply this mental assent. Faith means that and faithfulness. It means I live in a way that I know that Christ is my savior. And that I'm not 
And if we have that, even a little tiny bit of that, we can move mountains, but something even more impressive than moving mountains, because who cares about moving mountains? Other than maybe guys that build highways or something like that. More impressive than that is we can destroy sin by the power of Christ. We can cast out this demon from our hearts. It's much bigger than a mountain, honestly. And as somebody who struggles with my own sins and tries to help with those of others, that's way harder than moving a mountain. You can move a mountain with a bunch of dynamite and a bunch of dudes with shovels. You can't move sin that way. But this kind, he concludes, does not come out by prayer and fasting, and I don't think it's a one-time thing. And I don't want you to have that impression. Prayer and fasting, not just one time, like, you don't come to me and say, Father, I prayed like three Hail Marys, and then I fasted for like two days, and I'm still struggling. Yeah. Prayer and fasting is a lifestyle. Prayer means let Jesus be your friend and be his friend, and let him be in your life. Let him enter your heart every day. And fasting means deny yourself these little dumb things. Not just the self-destructive stuff, maybe a little bit more. Maybe a little bit of asceticism, maybe a little bit of self-control, a little bit of self-denial, a little bit of a sacrifice to say, God, you know what? I want this thing and it's kind of this dumb little thing that doesn't really matter. I'm going to give it to you. And that deepens our relationship and it keeps that demon out. Because if we don't give ourselves the stuff that's not going to hurt us will be that much stronger by the grace of God to not do the stuff that is going to hurt us. Brothers and sisters, we come to Christ in the Eucharist. He enters our hearts. We bring ourselves to Him. Do that with faith. Do that with knowledge and, and an open heart, knowing that He enters your heart as your friend who loves you and as your doctor who wants to heal you.